Hello and welcome to the Moonshots Podcast. It's episode 222. I'm your co-host, Mike Parsons. And as always, I'm joined by Mr. Mark Pearson Freeland. Good morning, Mark. Hey, good morning, Mike, and good morning, listeners and subscribers. Boy, do we have an action-packed episode number 222. Mike, I'm loving that alliteration. I'm loving this uh, this trio of twos. I think what a perfect bookend we have for this current series that we're doing on money, but also the build that we can do based on that first series on financial well-being that we did a few months ago as well. I think today we've got a bit of an action-packed episode, don't we? We do. I think two, two, two just sounds fast, doesn't it, Mark? Oh, it does sound fast. You're right. Moving at 222 kilometers, miles, maybe just millionaires, who knows, is uh, MJ DeMarco and the Millionaire Fastlane. MJ DeMarco is uh, an entrepreneur, author. Uh, he's actually a well-renowned get-rich-slow anti-guru, as he puts it on his website, <laughs> which I quite liked, Mike. A get-rich-slow anti-guru, who I think is going to have a lot of new insights, as well as a lot of practical tips with regards to how we think about money, but also how we go out and try to achieve it. And I think the builds that MJ is going to put forward to us today are, you know, additional elements that we can apply as we've already uh, delved into the work of Morgan Housel, the psychology of money, as well as last week with Dave Ramsey's The Total Money Makeover. I think as a package, what we're finding is the millionaire fast lane is helping us crack that code to wealth, isn't it? Well, I think he he brings, uh, you know, DJ, well, MJ DeMarco, he really brings a new level. Um, I think, you know, if you were to to kind of zoom out a little bit, you know, Dave Ramsey was all about live within your means, get on top of your finances, knowing what you're spending and earning. And that's a great foundation. Morgan Housel was like, okay, now you've saved a bit of money. You need to go and invest that. And he was helping us understand the psychology of the markets, the psychology of investing. Well, I think the great thing for our listeners is that MJ DeMarco takes it to another level. He says you can get rich slowly. You can also do it fast as well. And this takes a really big step, something that is very close to our hearts. It really takes us towards entrepreneurship. So what we have ahead of us in this show is with NJ DeMarco is really the opportunity to look comprehensively at wealth management. And in particular, we don't just want our money to work for us. We need to create new value in the world if we do want to acquire wealth. And remember, for us at the Moonshots podcast, wealth is the opportunity to enjoy freedom, It's the opportunity to have options and it creates an environment where we can truly live the life that we dream. We can be the very best version of ourselves. We are so not about the bling. So you might hear the millionaire fast lane and go, what's happened to Mark and Mike? (laughs) Have they they got onto some influencer scheme and they're going to sell us some some crappy (laughs) pyramid marketing uh, opportunity? Uh Uh-uh. What we're going to talk about is what I believe is the greatest challenge and on the other side is the greatest opportunity to create value through for others through entrepreneurship. I think it's super exciting that we're going to get a roadmap, a playbook, the mindsets, the rituals, the habits that it takes to create value, to build a business and to create really dramatic wealth. 
wealth that is generational, wealth that affords you to live the life that you want to live. So, Mark, let's bust apart this whole get rich slow. Let's actually see, is there something real in getting rich quick and what does it take to do? So Mm. why don't you launch us in with a clip, Mark? Let's see what this whole get rich quick thing is about. Look, let's hear from the author, MJ DeMarco himself, author of The Millionaire Fast Lane. Let's uh, calm down and make sure our listeners know that we're not trying to tell all of our listeners and subscribers that they can get rich quick overnight, six-pack abs as well, like me and Mike. Instead, let's take a step back and let's set the scene. Let's hear from MJ himself, break down the idea of get rich quick, as well as the concept of asymmetric returns. Funny how people love to curse the phrase get rich quick as if it does not exist. But the fact is it does exist and there is one concept responsible for it occurring. And if you remove your cultural blinders for a second and stop listening to these morons who say that wealth is a product of stop drinking coffee you would understand that it does exist as well. Now, what does not exist is get rich easy. And that is where often people are led astray. So the big key to a get rich quick type of event is actually a process, a process that often takes several years. And behind that process is a concept I call asymmetric returns. If you look at any billionaire under 40 or a multimillionaire under 30, you know, eight or nine figures in net worth, you're going to find asymmetric returns. Asymmetric returns is making a small investment, thousand bucks, five thousand, ten thousand into a business venture that has scaling power. In other words, it has a compound yield that exceeds mainstream expectations, which we all know is 8%, 10%, 12%. But in this case, the business venture returns 10,000%, 20,000%, even 100,000%. In other words, I started this business with $5,000. And now, three years later, it is worth $25 million. Get Rich Quick exists because asymmetric returns exist. And this concept of asymmetric returns has been the cornerstone of my philosophy for over 10 plus years. It is the fast lane sense-based strategy. So the question you want to ask yourself is, is the business that you're in or potentially going to be in, does it have the potential for asymmetric returns. If it does not, it might be something you want to reconsider. Asymmetric returns, Mark. I think when we study what does he mean, what the hell is DJ? Is M- I keep wanting to call him DJ DeMarco. It's kind of got a better ring than MJ. Anyway, <laughs> MJ DeMarco, what's he really talking about here? So I believe what he is talking about is these asymmetrical exponential returns come from not just working. You know, there's that that saying working for the man. Then there's also this idea of what he's not talking about is essentially going freelance, going as a one man thing, just doing your job. So you're kind of like just self-employed. He's talking about doing something 
that has the capacity to scale, to earn money, and this I believe this is the key about what he's talking about, earn money while you're asleep. Mm-hmm. Because the, the, crossing this threshold is really important. So uh, to give you an idea, I recently uh, renovated my house. And there are all these um, smart, talented tradespeople, and they have their own plumbing, electrical uh, business, and they kind of work for themselves. Maybe they have like one like assistant person who's helping out. But their problem, if you're a tradesperson, is that as soon as they are not turning up on the work site to build, to plumb, to do the electricity, they're not earning any money. Mm-hmm. So effectively, whilst they might feel or enjoy some benefits because they're working for themselves and sure, you can feel proud and you can have uh, your own little business and be doing things and you get a, some satisfaction there. There is a level above this. For example, if I was an electrician and I created a new circuit in my work and then that got retailed and distributed, when every time that circuit was sold, that can earn money while I'm asleep. That means that there is a scalable, distributable thing, a widget that can be sold while I'm asleep. So when we get into this getting rich quick, If we have made the step to work for ourselves and we're not working for somebody else, which of course has huge limitations because you're invariably have no or just a little bit of stock in the company. So let's say you have your own small business, but you're only working for yourself and you're only earning money Monday to Friday, nine to five. There is a limit and it is certainly not asymmetrical because it's directly related to you turning up and working. So what's the classic thing that we see Mark when small mm. business owners get sick? The business doesn't earn any money, does it? It slows right down <clears throat> because right. and I think to build on some of the areas that you're exploring there Mike and I think we're going to run into a lot of these mindsets, these concepts and insights throughout the rest of our show with MJ DeMarco is that in order to try and uh, follow this level of asymmetric returns, uh, this concept of maybe get rich quick, as well as, as you say, earning money while you sleep. What you need to put into practice is a, a number of uh, concepts or, or approaches that I think we've started to really uncover across our series on financial health as well as, as money, which is all about you know thinking long-term, uh, maybe diversifying the areas that you are interested in or the experience that you might have with regards to money, you want to try and expand and, and consider where else you might be able to either lean in towards, like you say, with the business case study that you've just provided with the tradies, that's something that they want to consider. What are those long-term diversifications that they could do? But also it's taking ownership. It's paying attention. It's taking control of the areas that you can take control of, particularly with regards to your finances and and working on them, isn't it? It's making sure that you understand those bare bones essentials and that foundation that you, that you can then go out and, and build upon in order to get rich. Well, we're both, we're hearing two things really. One, get rich quick, but also get rich slow. Yeah. <laughs> it's somewhere in the middle. Yeah. So so let's let's kind of try and frame it. I think there is a model that we should be aware of. All right. Let's, let's imagine 
that we're all sitting together with our members and we're talking about what are the options to wealth. You can work for somebody else that's the slowest and you could definitely like, you know, spend less than you earn and start saving your money. Good step. Then you could go and invest in really, really sound things such as property and long-term, as we heard from Morgan Housel, long-term stocks because they, over time, they always increase in value. It's the problem is everybody uh, buys at the highs and sells at the lows. So if you just buy a good company and hold for a long time, you're mm -hmm. bound to win. But there is this third dimension that MJ DeMarco is making us aware of, which is you can become an entrepreneur. Now, I think it's important to say not uh, these options aren't for everyone and entrepreneurship not necessarily is for everyone because I do believe it's incredibly challenging. In fact, what I loved about what MJ DeMarco said is you can get rich quick, but you can never get rich easy. Yes. And the yes. easiness reduces the closer you get to entrepreneurship. But you know what, Mark? The rewards on the other side are the biggest. That's for sure. You know, well, you only need to look at Bill Gates, uh, Bezos, Musk. What did they, what do they all share? Entrepreneurs who built and created value for customers, solved huge problems. And that is beyond any, uh, any wealth that we could imagine. Now, whilst yeah. that is extreme, I think what's important here is that if you have a vision of living a life where you travel lots, maybe you have a holiday home and enjoy the good things, that's perfectly fine. But you are going to be trending towards not just investing, not just like buying property, but you're going to have to like go build a business. You're going to have to go yeah. be an entrepreneur because if you have that appetite, you need to go in that direction. I think that's the next build. Like once you know that option's there, if, if, you, if you're happy to live in a small apartment 90 minutes from the city and work three or four days a week and enjoy a really relaxed lifestyle, super minimal, don't own a lot of things, zero debt, but you don't have exorbitant tastes, that is just as good. Yeah. But if you want to pursue adventure, travels, if you want to go places, do things, drive fast cars, it doesn't really matter. The point for me is that you you must accept that there's no easy path. You have to put yeah. in the work. And I think this is perhaps one of the greatest aha moments is to go, oh, to calibrate what's the dream, the vision I have of my life. And we talked a lot about designing your life on this show. Once you've got that North Star, you need to work backwards and say, how am I going to save? I think a critical question would be, base starting point, Mike, how much do I need to save every month to achieve my goals in 10 years? I mean, yeah. that is a killer question, isn't it? It really is, isn't it? <clears throat> and that's certainly where we were leaning towards with Morgan Housel and the psychology of money, you know, creating those goals in order to find that independence. I think where Dave Ramsey then uh, took us on the journey was maybe how to stay motivated, how to build that foundation. But you're right. When it comes to DeMarco, we're now getting into the point, the pointy end of the stick, so to speak. Yeah. Now you've made that decision. Yes. Maybe you've got those goals in mind. 
how are you actually going to go out and create that business? How are you going to go out and be that entrepreneur in order to put in the effort and maybe get rich at the end of the day? So just to also share an insight that I have having started businesses is that the, the money is nice, but man, the profound sense of well-being you have from creating a business that serves its customers, delights its customers, uh, enjoying the sense of satisfaction and fulfillment is so powerful. Like to know that you are helping 5, 10, 50, 100 people, thousands, it doesn't matter. Then to know that something you've built is really making a difference. I mean, to me, that's where the, the scale of your legacy and your impact is truly felt. And what's so beautiful, Mark, is that you can build a, cust- a, a company that serves its customers, but you can equal, equally take care of your employees too. And that I think that is a true sense of well-being that many entrepreneurs experience, knowing the difference they've made to all of the stakeholders. And at mm. the heart of it, Mark, oh, there's a big secret. There is a huge secret to getting this done. I, you know, I think about it as a, as a sort of a value secret. But when we talk about value, the important thing to remember is we have members who are creating value for us. In fact, we're like in an exchange. We're doing this show and the Moonshots Master Series, particularly for our members. And I think it's only appropriate that before we reveal the value secret to all of our listeners, that we tip the hat to our members and subscribers. That's right, Mike. Joining us on that Moonshots family bus are like-minded individuals who just enjoy learning out loud and finding insights in frameworks, authors, entrepreneurs, and books. So please welcome, without further ado, Bob, John, Terry, Ken, Dietmar, Marjan, Connor, Rodrigo, Lisa, Sid, Mr. Bonjour, Paul, Berg, Kalman, David, Joe, Crystal, Ivo, Christian, and Samuela, all of whom, Mike, have been with us for well over 12 months now. So these are our lifers, the individuals who deserve not just one, but maybe two extra bits of kudos for today. But also hot on those heels is Barbara, Andre, Eric, Chris, Deborah, Lasse, Stephen, Craig, Daniel, Andrew, Ravi, Yvette, Karen, Raul, PJ, Nicoada, Ola, Ingram, Dirk and Emily, Harry, Karthik, Venkata and Marco, Roger, Steph, Gabia, Anna, Raw, Nimalen, Eric and Diana, Wade, Amanda, Christoph and Denise and our brand new members, Teresa and Bolan Ilra who joined us on Spotify as well. So we're really expanding our memberships across all of our different platforms, particularly orientated around our master series, which Mike is just growing month on month. I really enjoyed our most recent series as well, which all of our members can get get access to on designing your life. Yeah. So a big tip of the hat to our annual members. Thank you. Who've been with us for over 12 months. Um, we really do, uh, appreciate you. And just like we respect, appreciate, and are super grateful to Teresa and to our, one of our new Spotify subscribers, because the thing is you can head into Spotify and subscribe to the Moonshots Master Series there as well. So we have, uh, Bolarinwa and 
Bolarimwa, I hope you respect the fact that we are definitely trying our best to pronounce this exotic name, uh, this very cool name. So big tip of the hat to you. We appreciate your uh, support and um, we really look forward to hearing feedback from all of our members. Tell us what you want us to focus on, what books you'd love us to cover. We get tons and tons of tips and suggestions, but we're really looking to our members to push us forward. And talking about pushing forward, Mark, I think we talked about the value secret. I think it's time to reveal it. Let's go into a world where we really think like an entrepreneur and let's master what uh, what good old MJ DeMarco calls the language of complaints. So if you're on the fence and you're saying to yourself, you know, I want to start a business, I want to start a company, I just can't find that opportunity or I just can't expose that need in the marketplace, where do I find them? Well, the answer is really, really shocking. You find that opportunity in our language. The language of opportunity is always exposed in language, specifically the language of complaints, disgruntlement, dissension, bitching and moaning. So the next time you find yourself saying or you hear somebody else saying, I'm sick and tired of blank. That's a potential fast lane idea. Great example. I was looking into the background, the story of the Netflix founder, and he said he started Netflix because he was, quote, sick and tired of paying late fees from Blockbuster. That was the birth of the idea. He was sick and tired. So again, our language exposes these opportunities, and it's covertly hidden within there. Just before I did this video, I went on the Twitter.com specifically for the intent to find a fast lane business. So I went to the search box and I typed in, I hate. And immediately, page after page came up of people tweeting, I hate blank. And it took me five seconds to find a fast lane business. A woman tweeted, I hate packing. Obviously, she was moving her house or moving her apartment, and she was packing it up. I hate packing. So immediately, I thought to myself, this is a potential fast lane opportunity. Why? Well, let me tell you. Here in Phoenix, I'm not aware of any companies that specifically pack your house up. There are moving companies, yes. Moving companies here are a dime a dozen, and they'll come and pack you. They also want to move you, too. However, I'm not aware of any companies, and the fact that I'm not aware is also the opportunity, of any companies that specifically will pack you. Maybe they have a crew of five or six people, they come over with the boxes, they come over with the packing tape, and wham, within two hours, your whole house is packed. This is a great idea to look into. It's a potential fast lane idea. If it works in the Phoenix area, it's profitable, perhaps it could be franchised around the country or around the world. You have a need there. I hate packing. And you know what? I hate packing. I would hire this company. Yes. So that tells me this is a potential opportunity that could be exposed into a millionaire-making idea. And it took me five seconds to find it. So to wrap this up, if you're on the fence and you're looking to start this business, 
look no further than the language of disgruntlement, the language of complaints. And I guarantee you, you will find opportunity. Go on to Yelp.com. Find out what people are complaining about with specific companies. You can attack that. Go to Twitter. Type in, I hate. Type in, this sucks. See what people are bitching about. That's where the opportunities are. Mike, this is a, a pretty substantial clip, actually, coming from Mr. MJ DeMarco, because it touches on so many uh, passions, I suppose, that we've uncovered during the Moonshot show. Oh, Mark, it is is total Richard Branson. You know, he walks around looking for problems and writes them into his notebook, right? Well, and also he's reminding me of Tony Fidel, who was uh, telling us the story about his son who, you know, he gets told to go and look in the letterbox to see if they've got any posts. And he says, well, why can't it just tell it for me? And (laughs) this idea of identifying, uh, as as MJ put it, disgruntlement, uh, hates, frustrations, it's such a, a fantastic level setter, isn't it? To put into practice that, you know, A, checks your product as you've already got it. So for yes. example, if you and I are, are, are pitching out a product, we want to make sure that actually it has a, a fit for those mm-hmm. customers. And we're not just, you know, living behind a closed door and we're only thinking in our own minds. You know, this idea of getting uh, customer feedback, I think we'll probably touch upon later as well, but just and this not, identification. And not wishful thinking, Mark, right? It, exactly. Exactly. Not the that bl- having those blinders on, thinking that your idea is the best thing since sliced bread. Yeah, because we hear those stories of family and friends who start a company and it all goes wrong and, you know, invariably there's a lack of testing demand before you build it, right? Yeah, and a lot of money but also, more importantly, a lot of time and effort goes into those, doesn't it? Yes. And you know, the secret that MJ's just revealed is very, very practical, you know, hopping onto Twitter, typing in, you know, I hate, I'm frustrated mm-hmm. with, and uncovering those little insights. What a practical, but also very, very easy first step in any business's journey. Yes. It? Yeah. So you can, you can totally test demand before you actually build the solution. Obviously, if you see the problem yourself, that's one of the most powerful routes so you're like oh, i keep having this problem mm. so mike let's let's have some fun and do this for a second right so uh i was doing some experimenting and the i hate thing on google uh it gets a lot of songs and stuff like that but i've yeah. got a, like a variation just to inspire our listeners and members which is how do i fix and then what you do is you go to Google, you type in how do I fix, and you see the common thing that people are trying to fix. And here's what I've got. I, and I have no idea if this is uh, personalized to me, but but um, let, let's see. How do I fix my posture? So that seems to be a very popular thing. How do I fix my email not working? How do I fix my credit score? Hello, business idea there. How do I fix no, uh, a signal? Now, this is, this is really interesting. How do I fix ingrown toenail? Like, why is that? <laughs> How do I fix my relationship, my, my sleep schedule and so on? Um, yeah. Isn't that interesting? That's just starting to reveal, right, mm. uh, what people are actually going to, to the internet to try and fix. And that is a suggestion of uh, what they might be working on. So 
how do I fix, how do I solve? These are just prompts. Mm. But obviously this is such a powerful way to start. If you look at great entrepreneurs like Richard Branson or really evidence-based experts like Eric Ries and the Lean Startup, everyone is about solving the right problems. Do that and you've got a great business on your hands. I think this is really powerful advice to get started. And I really think that if you have this itch, you know, to go and create this kind of wealth, if you have this itch to create value in the world, it's a great place to start. But I think we need to frame this option relative, you know, this is very much the fast lane option, isn't it, Mike? I think we need to kind of put this a bit in context. I think you're right, Mike. So let's, before we dive any deeper into these different approaches, these different practices, these different habits, let's actually take a step back and let's go back to our author, MJ DeMarco, who's now going to break down for us the three different lanes that he has in mind within his book, The Millionaire Fast Lane. And we're going to hear from Fight Mediocrity, break down those three financial paths from the book. There are really three financial paths, the sidewalk, the slow lane, and the fast lane. The sidewalker is basically your average person living from paycheck to paycheck. No matter how much he earns, he'll match it with how much he spends. Sidewalkers can actually have a huge income. Let's say someone like a professional athlete. The problem with being a sidewalker, however, is having no financial intelligence or responsibility whatsoever. So if something goes wrong, if you lose your job, if you aren't needed anymore, you're basically screwed. This is why you'll see even professional athletes who made millions at one point be completely broke now. Don't take the sidewalk. Then you have the slow lane. This is basically your standard. Go to school, get a decent job, save 10%, invest it in the stock market, hope it grows at 7% interest annually. And when you're 65, that is if you aren't dead and can still walk, you can be a millionaire. Yay! So why does the slow lane suck? Well, because I don't want to drive around in my favorite car when I'm 65. I want to do it while I'm still young. It's also like selling your soul for 40 years so that when you're in a wheelchair, you can finally start having fun. Not that different from what people do on a weekly basis, actually. Sell Monday through Friday for two days at the end of the week and do that over and over again. With that said, I actually think that sadly, this is the best strategy for most people. Why? Because most people aren't capable of meeting the demands of the fast lane. And the slow lane is definitely better than the sidewalk. More on this later. Now let's talk about the fast lane. The whole idea of the fast lane is this. The more value you give to the world, the richer you will become. And I absolutely hated hearing those kinds of quotes and things when I was young. It sounds so esoteric. How do I get rich if I give? It makes no sense. The reason it made no sense was because of how the principle was explained to me. I thought, okay, let's say I go outside right now and hand my money out. How will that make me rich? And it won't. I was right. But had it been explained to me right, I wouldn't be so confused. So if you went outside right now with $1,000 and gave 10 people $100 each, that would actually be one of the lowest forms of giving possible. The person will take that 100 engage in mindless consumerism, and basically end up in exactly the same situation as when he started. What would be a higher form of giving? Well, if you went into your kitchen right now and created a pill that could cure cancer, that would be one of the biggest things you could give to the world. That would be a higher form of giving. And yes, you would absolutely be rich. 
Well, assuming you weren't completely naive and knew how to protect your invention. The general rule is this. The more value you provide to more people, the better you will do. Sounds great, right? So why do I say that the slow lane is actually a good strategy for most people? Well, because realistically speaking, most people have not developed themselves where they can give something of true value to the world. True value to the world. So my... I think the interesting uh, thing that we heard here, I mean, I think the lanes are pretty clear. I think the catch that I certainly became aware of with the slow lane is that you're working for the man, deferring like all the fruits of your hard work until you're at an age where you're Mm. like, I'm old and I can't really enjoy it. So what I remember very vividly is reading Tim Ferriss's for our work week and being, he Mm. talked about why would you defer life? Why would you basically be trapped until your sixties having sacrificed family, friends, and health to work for the man, to work for somebody else, to be kind of trapped is what it felt like to me. And then Mm. go, Oh, finally I have some cash. I can enjoy life, but Hey, family, friends, health, Ain't so great. And I mean, I'm making it a little dramatic, but I think we need to be aware of this trade-off because I think a lot of people that I know who are in their 30s and 40s are realizing they chose the slow lane and they're like, oh my gosh, I've got two kids, I've got a mortgage, I've got to work for a long time even to get on top of life, let alone really enjoy freedom in life. And that thing is when you are only creating wealth slowly means that you're looking at, I got to work all my 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s just to have enough to retire. And I think a lot of people only realize this when they do the math in their late 30s, early 40s, and they're like, oh, gosh, it's going to take ages before I have enough wealth that would create a, a monthly or yearly income equal to that of a, of a job. So yeah. they're like, oh my gosh, like they do this math where they're like, I need to be worth three or four million in order to have enough to retire and live comfortably. But I'm way off that and I'm in my late 30s, early 40s. So this means 20 more years. And I think that's the catch with the slow lane. If you are ready for that, prepared for that, that's okay. But I think a lot of people were expecting fast lane results in the slow lane. And I think that's what catches us out, right? Yeah, I think you're totally right. When you've got that habit that we were hearing and as well as working pattern or let's say mindset towards your finances as as, uh, we were just hearing from that clip specifically to MJ, I think you're right. This idea of working for the man, so to speak, saving diligently, that is what a lot of classic books, a lot of classic ways of managing your finances would already orientate themselves around. But I think you're totally right. What What's coming through in the frameworks, the books that we've really uncovered on this show is that your mindset towards your finances needs to be different. You don't need to uh, hunker down and almost ignore your finances. And I think that's perhaps somewhat 
what I see within this slow lane, um, let's call it roadmap, the idea of saving diligently, but you just put it to one side and, and you leave it, you know, you leave it, you leave it. Maybe you don't take it out, invest it. You don't put it into, you know, maybe property or shares. You just leave it as it is and almost, uh, forget about it to a certain extent. What I remember hearing from Dave Ramsey was take much more of a proactive step towards oh, yeah. your finances. Make Get your money of that work. Make, Make your money work. work. Particularly like putting it, your money in a bank account and not putting it in some sort of asset that yields a return. Mm. That's like super risky business. That's the slow lane, right? Correct. That's exactly what I'm thinking. I think the slow lane definitely represents, and I think similar to what we were hearing um, from Fight Mediocrity, you know, he calls out that that's where he thinks that a lot of people probably are. And I think that's, that's probably true. A yeah. lot of us, including myself, will spend a lot of time, and I'm talking years of our lives and our careers, putting your uh, finances as a second or third priority. Yes, it's something important, but yes. it's not ever going to be something that you will take a look at perhaps every day, prioritize right. and so on. And I think that's the thing that we're learning about this fast lane approach, isn't it? Take more control, work hard, put time into it. Yeah, and, because and if, if, if you wake up too late, it's a terrible aha moment, right? Mm. So yeah. I've certainly had one or two instances where you see people getting to that retirement age and not having sufficient wealth and health to actually enjoy it. Um, it's that classic thing, like half of, uh, half of America gets to retirement age with no net worth, no money in the bank, no, no yeah. assets. That is such a huge challenge when you're in your 60s and 70s. Like that is like, I don't wish that upon anyone. Like, hey, you lived a good life. Like, sure, you, you, you've deserved uh, the opportunity to kick back. So... The key thing here is if you appreciate compound interest, which has been both a financial concept, but also the compound effect from Darren Hardy is that good habits, such as good savings, such as good investing, such as creating value through entrepreneurship, do it consistently year after year, and you will create wealth, freedom, and opportunity. And what I believe is you, on top of that, you'll also feel hugely satisfied and fulfilled in the work that you're doing, mm -hmm. not only because you're rewarded, because in order to be an entrepreneur, you must be helping and serving others. You must be solving their problems. Otherwise, they're not going to pay for your product or service. Yeah, exactly. And that's where I interpret this idea of value, the true value that an individual can bring to the world. Uh, I'm, I'm hearing that speaking back to that first, the second clip that we heard today with the language of complaints, yes. understanding what customers' frustrations are, as well as the story that you gave, Mike, with regards to the individuals that you work with, the, the happiness or the passion that, that you're putting into that is then being reiterated within that true value. So in the eyes of businesses, partners, and so on, that's the stuff that, that makes a difference, doesn't it? It and totally does. Ultimately, if it ladders towards good um, money management, um, wealth increasing and so on. Obviously that that's even better. But I think what's interesting is when we can make these connections, like you've just said with Darren Hardy, you know, both habits that are physical, behavioral, as well as then applying them towards our finances. Once again, we're seeing this relation between, you know, a conceptual idea as well as a physical uh, uh, result that happens to your money. Yes. So it probably has all of you wondering now, okay, 
I'm kind of buying this uh, legitimate. It's not going to be easy, but there is a fast way to accrue wealth and to live your best life. And the good news is we now have a clip from the Swedish investor who's going to reveal to us the five fast lane commandments from MJ DeMarco. Okay. So we've established that to reach financial freedom fast, you need to quit your job and start a business. But not any type of business. This is not a do what you love or be your own boss advice. No, a business should fulfill as many as possible of the five fast lane commandments to be worthy of pursuing. The commandment of control. If you're not in control of your business, someone else is. For instance, hitchhiking a content distribution platform to distribute your educational videos violates this commandment. Uh, Another example. There are lots of businesses that earn good money from Google's AdSense program, but you know what? The company which brings in the great bucks is Google itself. Ouch. Anyways, um, here's an ad for you. The commandment of entry. If the road you are choosing is crowded with other people, you can count on being stuck in a traffic jam. You'd like some kind of barrier of entry to your business. A certain knowledge that uh, people must possess to participate, large sums of money required for investments, contacts that you need to have, etc. The commandment of need. Doing what you love is a flawed strategy. People do not care about what you love. People care about having their problems solved. Selfish motives like uh, doing what you love is a free ticket to the road with a traffic jam again. Because if you love it, chances are that everyone else loves doing it too. It's quite simple really. Offer the world more value and you'll become rich. Affect millions and you'll make millions. The commandment of time. Somewhere down the line, you must be able to detach yourself from your own business. You must create a business system that can survive without any input from yourself. We want passive income. Otherwise, you've just created yourself a job in disguise. Money is not king. Time is. The commandment of scale. MJ DeMarco talks about something he calls the law of affection. And this is so important in my opinion that I'd like to make it into its own takeaway. Mike, the five stages, the five fast lane commandments getting broken down for us there, straight out of MJ DeMarco's book, The Millionaire Fast Lane. We're hearing, uh, this is actually quite an an interesting little acronym, SENTS, C-E-N-T-S. So control, entry, need, scale, uh, time, and then scale. It's quite a nice little breakdown, but the one that I'm specifically attracted to there, I think is actually within this idea of time because it's speaking back to that first clip that we heard, this idea around get rich quick, this idea of uh, how much time, but also more importantly, maybe effort that goes into becoming rich. A lot of people think it's going to be high yield, but low effort. But actually, I think it's the other way around, isn't it? You've You're got so to right. Strap in. <laughs> I mean, you know, I think we we see too much propaganda for 
Um, it's easy to make money. Just watch my YouTube video and I'll show you how. Like the reality is so few, so few people achieve their wealth quickly. If it was as easy as watching a YouTube clip, then there would just be so many more people that we would know who have done and gone and acquired it. Because frankly, like who wouldn't do it if it, if it was easy and, and quick? I think mm. the, the reality here is there's some really big insights. Know those lanes we talked about. I think that one, and being aware of the trade-offs that come with each of those. Mm. Um, know that it's never going to be easy, but you can accelerate it if you choose entrepreneurship. But you don't have to. You just have, need to know if you take the slow lane, just be careful of the sacrifices, be mindful of the, the sacrifices. And I think here what we're seeing is a great formula. I mean, we love a great framework, don't we, Mark? Oh, we do. We love frameworks. And this one's really good. I think um, when I look at it, and, of course, we're going to have it in the show notes, so make sure you head to moonshots.io and check it out um, and um Really, you know, grab the book, study this because this is a very powerful uh, entrepreneurship model. You can also use some of the work from Darren Hardy and many others if you want to study this. We've actually done master series on entrepreneurship and we've done many, many different series on it. I think here, time control, scale, entry, and need. It's really important to study all of these. Don't guess. Use frameworks like this. It is a clear model to follow. So if you have the mindset that you want to maximize your freedom, you need to look at entrepreneurship. If you want to have a growth mindset, you will be totally well suited to the learning and being resilient to be an entrepreneur. And you can use this model to go and crack the right business. But Mark, this is not, you know, MJ DeMarco, he ain't done. We got one more clip, Mark. Why don't you set it up for us? Because We've got one last big idea to take home with us from MJ DeMarco and his book, The Millionaire Fastlane. Just one more clip, Mike, and that's it. We are learning out loud with MJ DeMarco. So closing the show and helping us really appreciate, understand, but also put into practice some of this advice that we've heard from him today is a clip that breaks down the one 510 strategy. What if I could tell you that in a few years from now, your life could be 10,000% better, like from dead broke and struggling in a one-bedroom apartment to a multimillionaire who has everything, including free time. The fact is most people fail to succeed because they fail to plan their life. If you want to radically change your life, you have to make a plan. You have to give your life a roadmap or a GPS system. For my entire life, I've been using what I call the 1-5-10 strategy. And let me tell you, it works beautifully, and it is responsible for the awesome life I lead today. And yes, I still use this to this day. It works like this. Get a journal or several pieces of paper. Do not use a digital device. And then on one page, write 10 years, and then envision how your life would look in 10 years from now. If everything went as well as it could, envision it as a best case scenario. Where would you live? What would you drive? What would you be doing? What's your net worth? Where would you vacation? What would your daily day look like? Write everything down and be specific. Clip photos if you need to. So for example, let's say in 10 years you see yourself with a $20 million net worth because you just sold your company for $15 million. You live somewhere sunny in a house on the ocean. 
You have an awesome spouse. You are perfectly debt-free. You are doing what you want to do without constraints of money. Now, at this point, your 10-year vision might seem a bit like a fantasy, but trust me, it isn't. Now get another piece of paper or turn the page and write five years. Underneath that, write what your life would need to look like to be halfway to your 10-year vision. So if you just sold your company for $15 million in year 10, at year 5, you probably have a business that is doing several million dollars in revenue and several hundred thousand dollars in profit. Maybe you have a million dollars saved. On the spouse front, maybe you've been in a relationship with somebody awesome for several years. Write down your halfway point and what it should look like. Then turn the page or get another piece of paper and write one year. What would your life need to look like one year from now to be 20, maybe 25% closer to that five-year vision? Well, if you have a business that does several million dollars in revenue at year five, then at year one, maybe you just have a business that is profitable. You have the foundation laid for scale with an awesome productocracy. Maybe you've paid off your first credit card. Maybe you've been on 20 dates in pursuit of your soulmate. Maybe you've become proficient in some computer language and built yourself a high-leverage skill. Write it all down, one year from today, what it should look like. Now, once you have all this mapped out, congratulations, you now have a roadmap for your life. But more importantly, you now created a decision framework for action. From this point on, after you create your one five ten strategy, you now have a framework that tells you the right decisions to make and not make. You know exactly what choices you should and should not be making. If any decision advances you toward the one-year vision, it's the right decision because it moves you toward the five and the ten. Any decision or action that does not move you closer to the one-year vision, well, then it's an action fake, a detour from your dream life. Of course, I'm not suggesting you can't go to the movies or to a baseball game. But in general, the one five ten plan acts like a decision compass for moving the needle on your life. Wow. The compass for moving the needle on your life. Mark, what's crazy about this, this is like classic working backwards, right? Which we've studied a lot in our thinking models and mental models. We even had the book from Amazon who also think above, think in the future and work their way backwards. Now we can do it for our own life. And I'm a huge fan of this. I think of the life that I want to live this year, next year and beyond, and I actively work towards it. If something contributes to me living like the perfect life, the life that I would die for, right, then I can totally judge something today based on that criteria. How does this contribute to my goal? Isn't this crazy that we're seeing models that work in the enterprise for Amazon can also work for you in your personal wealth management? Uh, look, I think this is, I, I'm jumping the gun a little bit, Mike. I know you're going to ask me later, which was my standout clip, <laughs> but actually I think, I think I'm going to call it now, interestingly enough, listeners and subscribers, because I think this one five ten strategy helps break down the barrier to entry mm -hmm. that often comes with putting in practice and putting in place uh, a long-term strategy. So sometimes, in myself included, I'll be looking at my situation and think, oh, I wonder where I'll be 
uh, in six months' time, let alone three years and so on. What I love about, uh, and, and obviously that I don't want that to be the case for too long, but whenever I have found myself in, in those situations where I want to consider whether what I'm doing is is in train with my ultimate goal, maybe I am living beyond my means, maybe I have made um, or maybe I need to make a question about maybe a vacation that we're putting in place or moving a house, whatever it might be, or making a substantial purchase. This strategy, I think, helps an individual like myself not only choose which decision is right from the, that decision tree. I think mm-hmm. this could be a nice way of cross-referencing with some second-order thinking and understanding the outputs of each decision that you're going to make, but specifically orientated around where you want to get to and whether it is in line with the behavior as well as the strategies that you've got in place to reach those ultimate goals. And for me, the hardest thing that comes with trying to know where to start when you're creating an outcome or creating a long-term goal, potentially where you want to live, how much uh, money you want to be, uh, have a net worth, is putting that into practice. And what I really, really like is MJ's, like you say, working backwards approach. Yes. Because it's it makes so much sense to me. What, what are you going to be in 10 years? Well, you probably want to be around the 50% mark in, in half that time. Yes. I'm bringing it down, obviously, into one year. I, I think, Mike, this, this is a pretty undeniable um, process to take part in, isn't it? It is. I'll tell you why it's so powerful is that if you set your goal for five or 10 years, okay, and you say, I want to live a life like this, and then you say, well, what's that going to take financially? What would we need to be saving in order to hit that goal in 10 years? And then you ask yourself, am I saving that amount today? And all of a sudden you go, oh, I'm I'm actually a fair bit off. Then you're able to course correct and say, okay, well, we're going to reduce going out for dinner one night a week. Uh, we're only going to order Uber Eats once a week, et cetera, et cetera. The, this empowerment to make choices today for a deferred future is really important because what we've talked about here is too many people wake up too late. This technique helps you go, oh my gosh, I can take full control right now by changing how I spend, save, invest money, or perhaps even get closer towards the fast lane. If the delta is huge, you might say, I better go create something because there ain't no way I'm getting there on the yes. slow lane, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, some of us uh, might be thinking that we're in different lanes. That's yes. another truth, isn't yeah. it? By, by putting into practice this little framework, I think you can quite quickly realize, oh, I'm a little bit of a way off from that target. Yes. I'm a little bit of a way away and I need to maybe uh, think about an extra revenue stream. Maybe it's cutting down those expenses like you just suggested. Exactly. Maybe it's, maybe it's something else. So there you have it, Mark. I mean, uh, you stole my thunder. You've already given me the favorite one. And I'm going to jump all in on the one five ten strategy from MJ DeMarco. And I want to say a huge thanks uh, to you, Mark, and to our members and to our listeners too. We have gone deep to wrap up the financial money management wealth creation super series with show 222 with MJ DeMarco and the Millionaire Fastlane. And this story begins with 
you can actually get rich quick, but never easy. And it starts by you really going out into the world and creating value as an entrepreneur, finding problems worth solving. Because if you do that, you're on the fast lane and you won't be on the slow lane or the sidewalk. So stick to those five fast lane commandments, employ your one, five, 10 strategy, and you will be on your way to the moon. And that's exactly what we're doing here at the Moonshots Podcast. That's exactly what we're all about. Learning out loud together, being the best version of yourself, because you know what? Life is too good to refuse. So get on board, jump into the Moonshots Podcast, get everything you need to be the best version of yourself. And for today, that's a wrap.